Welcome to a podcast by Kaylee, the gateway to unlocking your unlimited potential. I'm creating an army of six and seven figure makeup artists, and I want you to join me. In this podcast, I'm going to be crushing gatekeeping, opening the doors to the knowledge you need and deep diving into the topics that can push us to the next level. Be prepared for epic guests and answers to the questions you have always wanted to know. No more small business, no more just a makeup artist. The beauty industry is a $250 billion industry and you're in it. Let's get ready to open those gates. This is a podcast by Kaylee. Today, we are talking to the amazing Storm. Storm is an incredible in-demand makeup artist here in London with tons of experience and knowledge to share with us today. Storm has consistently hit over 10K months. She has an incredible team of 20 artists under her and is a multi-featured and multi-published makeup artist. Not only that, but she is the nicest, sweetest person and I'm lucky enough now to call her my friend. In this chat, we talk about what led her to becoming bookable and in demand to the point where she had to take on a team. We talk about the steps she made to becoming a destination makeup artist, working with the most incredible brides who value, love and respect her work. And we talk about her newest ventures into the self-development space and how she has now developed multiple streams of income. Storm was so incredibly generous with the amount of knowledge and just tips and just everything that she pours into this conversation. I think it is so worth listening to. There is so much to be learned from her journey and from everything that she has learned in the 10 plus years that she has been in the industry. So if you are a bridal makeup artist who is looking to up your bookings, looking to expand to a team one day, or even just looking to develop another stream of income or find a community. I mean, we touch on so many topics on this conversation. It is well worth listening and it is our first ever guest interview. So please, please bear with the editing. I am going to be outsourcing that very, very soon. So tune in. Let me know what you think of this wonderful conversation with Storm. So would you like to talk through, I mean, I've heard your background and I never get old hearing your background story, (laughs) but do you want to just talk a little bit about how you got into makeup, how you became a makeup artist? Perfect. So I am... I didn't intend to ever get into makeup. Like I was one of those kids that didn't really know what they wanted to do, which kind of scared me. But I was quite quite privileged when I was younger because my dad used to work at the duty free in Cape Town. And he would come back with like a hamper of tester products from like Estee Lauder, all of the amazing brands. So when I was like five years old, I was playing with like a kit worth like so much and the envy of any makeup artist but I hadn't realized it at the time and I was just like living my best life you know playing with makeup from a very young age and it really fueled my creativity so when I was in school I wasn't very academic but I knew that I liked to be creative I loved art art was my favorite subject at school and when we got to decide what we actually wanted to do in terms of like the topics that we wanted to paint or draw or whatever it was always faces like I really loved doing portraits 
so I, I started painting um, portraits and then, I don't know, it kind of always went back to like makeup <laughs> and always. like faces. And even nowadays, like I do um, a bit of photography because I think that's helped me with my understanding of makeup and how it obviously transfers into a picture and stuff. But I'm so, I'm more inclined to take pictures of faces. Like I don't really care very much for a, like a lovely landscape. I'll take that on my phone. But like if I have a camera, I want to you know, capture faces. So I've definitely got a love for makeup from a really young age, like by default, I think. <laughs> and yeah, like I was like fully made up as like a five-year-old, I think. Amazing. And a parent would have been like, what are you letting your child do? But, you know, I loved it. And then when we had adults or my friends come over, we'd have... Because in Cape Town, I had quite like it's a very different lifestyle. We had quite a big house and I had an extra room and it was like my playroom and we turned it into like a little studio. So my mom's mates would come and have their makeup done and all of that. It was just like a really fun play, you know, dress like, you know, how people do dress up. I had a little salon. (laughs) Wow. It's literally like you were made to be a makeup artist. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's quite cool how it all worked out because... My dad unfortunately passed away when I was 10, so I was very young, but he really introduced me to to makeup and the beauty world. And it's almost like I'm paying my respects and homage to Mm. what he gave me when I was really young. I really love how it's kind of developed organically that I've fallen in love and have a a creative and, and, you know, a career that I think he would also be proud of nowadays, seeing me as an adult. Yeah, it's like... A piece of him is always with you. You're carrying on like the legacy that he kind of set for you. Yeah. And I'm so grateful because, I mean, when I was young and with other people, you know, finishing school and stuff, everybody asks you, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? And I always, I didn't have like a strong contending, like, I definitely want to do this. I I think I fell back into makeup, but I'm so grateful I did because what I did is I took a gap year, but I still studied within that gap year. And the gap year was me studying makeup, thinking, okay, well, at least I'm doing something with that year. Mm-hmm. And then when I went off and did like the done thing, went to university and figured out like, you know, I don't have to follow that path. I was so excited about doing makeup then. And it, and then I saw that, you know, this is actually a true career. It doesn't have to be, I'm just a makeup artist. Like that is what I do. And I pay my bills from that. And it's a really good job. It's very fulfilling. But you have to go through all those motions, don't you? Like you have to figure it out for yourself. And yeah, so totally. yeah, that's my kind of, in a nutshell, way I got into makeup. And then as as a, you know, growth, I, I went into hair as well. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, that's my my love story with makeup. <laughs> oh, that's truly a love story as well. Like, I absolutely love what you said about your dad. I, I didn't know that. Despite the fact we've been friends, I don't think Yay. maybe we glossed over that when we met up for the first time. But it means even more now. Yeah, no, definitely. It means so much to me. And the fact that like I've really made like a really good income, like a life of it and my even my mom who I'm obviously so close to because it's just been me and my mom since I was 10 like us taking on the world and she's moved over to England now and she works within my company so we're it's a family-run business she does she helps me with all the admin and you know she's so proud and she's so happy to be a part of it as well and obviously I had her support all the way and I know that some people don't have the support that they need from their family or friends and I'm just so grateful but I think that she also loves the fact that you know the back she knows the backstory of how I got into it as well so it's it's really special 
Totally, totally. So I know from us being friends that you originally kind of started in the commercial editorial world, didn't you? And celebrity as well. You did like a lot of campaigns and things like that. Yeah, definitely. So I did, I did all sorts when I was in Cape Town because I guess with Cape Town, we have the backdrop for it and we have a lot of international clients coming through to Cape Town to do campaigns because of the weather, the cost of it is, it's just more cost effective and we've got really good talent there too. So the way I started is I was, I don't know how you feel, but when you study makeup, there's obviously a class full of people that do it. And then very few people actually carry on or go for it, you know? So I was determined to be, once I had gone through my bout of going through university, not not realizing that that wasn't my path, I was like, I'm going to give this a real go because this, I was happy when I was doing makeup and hair. So I thought the best way was to try and get into an agency. And I was really, really lucky. I didn't have very much experience, but I did have, I guess they saw the light like that I had. I got given an opportunity to join a really good agency that was more commercial TV and campaigns. And they really loved that I was quite keen on doing hair as well. So I was assisting until I had kind of done, I did a hair dressing course so my knowledge because I was terrified of hair so I think that having the good foundation in that I think they really liked the fact that I took on all of it you know I went in and I started I surrounded myself with people that were doing what I wanted to do got into this agency I was first assisting and I was taking on everything that I could you know like eating it up loving it and then very soon after I had the skill set, the knowledge, the confidence to really work on my book that I knew that I needed representation for for them to make me a key artist. And then soon enough, I was doing all the South African celebrities because there's lots of musicians and beautiful places um, that they shoot and do all sorts. I was for a couple of years, I did an, a morning show, which was quite quite demanding. But oh my um, that also had all of the celebrities coming in on the morning show. It was called Espresso. <laughs> so it was like 4 a.m. starts, but oh then you God. had the rest of the day kind of thing. Yeah, and I was I was really lucky because my, my agency was really lovely and they pushed me and they gave me really good opportunities and things. And I guess when I moved over here, I was quite spoiled because I had always had an agency beforehand and they were kind of just giving me all the work. I didn't ha- I just sat back and, you know, they would tell me the night before where I needed to be. And I was obviously quite young, so I was living quite happy with that and just sort of going day by day, they filled up my diary and it was great. But yeah, very different to what I'm doing now. Yes, which is, I mean, you are and you have been for a long time killing it in bridal. Just completely off topic, by the way, for anyone listening who doesn't really know, me and Storm, I had the biggest girl crush and business crush on Storm before we became friends last year. Same though. (laughs) I don't know why I never reached out to you. This is like a sign for anybody listening. If they want to reach out to somebody who they feel like they would be friends with, do it because I wish that I had reached out to you. (laughs) You know, I know I was saying. I feel the same. Yeah, we would have like connected way sooner. So for anybody also who doesn't know Storm, just you have a brilliant bridal team of, correct me if I'm wrong, 30? No, it's 20. <laughs> 30, 30 might be the, the next job. 30, like that would be insane, but 20 is still insane. 20 bridal artists under your business. So what was that transition like? What was the transition from doing kind of daytime TV, doing commercial, doing editorial, the agency work. What made you get into bridal? 
So I actually moved over to England and I'd just gotten married. And my husband was really lovely. He was just like, come over, settle, like don't sort of, because my, my initial thought was like, oh, I'll just fall back on my hairdressing. I'll just get into a salon, start, you know, getting work straight away. And he was like, I know you don't really want to do that. So let's just like hold off. So basically I gave, or he was really lovely to have given me a bit of time. And I kind of said like, well, give me a year. Just give me a year. I'll do my best. I'll be a really good housewife. I'll figure out, you know, living in England. Cause I mean, things like the boiler scared the hell out of me. It was completely new and different to me. Very different to South Africa, basically. <laughs> yeah. I had a bit of time and I'm not one of those people that likes to just... I don't know. I've got to have a project. Love, love me a project. So I used the time that I had to really like connect and see what and like do some inner deeper work and see like what I wanted to do. And I think having just gotten married, obviously getting older, I mean, I got married quite young. I was 24 at the time, but I was from 18 to 24. I was doing like crazy hour on set days and things like that. And then I think the mindset was different when I was married. I was like, I want to see my husband. I want to be able to know what I'm doing the next day. I don't want to know at 11 o'clock the night before kind of thing. So I think the opportunity of moving to a new country excited me to start fresh, to, to start and do what I wanted to do on my own terms. And I think, yeah, so definitely I'd done some weddings in South Africa, but I think it wasn't my time. Like I wasn't like, I wasn't really that interested. And I think having been a bride myself, I think the understand it's like something clicks, like you now understand and had gone through the emotions of the day. And I think my patient levels also changed because I obviously totally get the nerves on the day now. So yeah, my, my saying is like, if ever there's a day to be somewhat like pedantic, it's your wedding day, I get it. But I think beforehand, I never, I never really got that. And there's definitely that thing like you either are, you know, keen on bride or you're not. So yeah, there was definitely an opening in my, in my mind that I was keen to explore once I had moved over to England. So yeah, I gave, I had no idea about running a business, even doing bridal in this industry. I did some research and I was like, well, you know, it's easy enough. I'll just, you know, become a sole trade and I'll get all my insurance and all that. But then I didn't have a website. I didn't have any of that. So I used my time. I was time rich in that sense. I had no money. We just moved over with rands. Like we were literally, it was, it was tough in the beginning. We were just living on David's income, but he still allowed me the freedom to explore what I wanted to do. So I was posturing with trying to get a part-time job, even doing the hairdressing. But I think I'm so glad that I didn't. I gave, allowed myself the, t the time that we battled in the beginning. And now we are it's rewarded us later down the line. Yeah. So no, I, I really wanted to educate myself as to how to create a business that would last. So the fundamentals, like getting your website up, learning about SEO, which is something I had no idea about. Like I didn't need to worry about getting inquiries in at all ever before. So I think I did, I did a lot of the groundwork in that initial year. And then all of a sudden, I was getting my own jobs within two years. I mean, in the beginning, I reached out to a lot of people. I was on a lot of teams. I would, you know, all the groups and stuff, all the assistance that you can get in that side of things, like when you're new and you want to like lean on other people for support and getting jobs. I obviously went that route as well. But I was always in the back of my head, always thinking like, 
no, I'm going to do this for myself too. Like I'm going to put in the work. I don't want to, at the end of the day, like down the line, have to rely on anyone else to get my own bookings. And I think within two years, I was booked up myself with other people's work. And I was like, but I'm saying no to everyone, like all my own inquiries that were flooding in. So then the the next year, I was like, I'm not going to take any sort of teamwork or any sort of work that got other people commissions, I guess, Um, because I had my own inquiries to fulfill then. So I did a year and I successively filled up my diary, you know, with enough that I felt comfortable with. And then the next year I was like, now I'm pushing people away. And this is really horrible because you work so hard to get those leads in the first place. And then, so it kind of organically happened. I never like came here and thought, oh, I'm going to start a bridal business. I'm going to have a team. And this is my goal. It really just happened really nicely and organically. And I had made a couple of friends in the industry by then. And the next move was just to say like, Hey, I can't do this job. I'm thinking about creating a team. Like, would you want to do these jobs for me under my brand. And it kind of went from there. And one of the first lovely girls that I met when I moved over here, when I did a big wedding, she was my friend and she assisted me on big weddings. And she was my first girl on my team. And I'm just so grateful to her still. Like to this day, we're still really close. She's still in my team and she's doing her own thing too, but she loves being on my team. (laughs) So she's staying. So it's just, it's really nice. It didn't It was never like a goal that I was chasing, but I'm so grateful that, you know, the goals that I had set for myself in terms of getting my own inquiries enough to, you know, look after my own diary led to this. Mm -hmm. I love that. If there was one thing that you did before the team, when it was just you trying to fill your own diary, what's the one thing that you think made the biggest difference to kind of your income and the booking numbers coming in? Was there one thing or was it a collection of things? I guess it was a collection. The one thing I would say is that I wasn't in a rush, like, and I and I was I really valued connections. I think lots of people overlook the connections that you can make, Um, Mm -hmm. but also. At the time, as I said, I didn't have any money to invest, but I think this goes off of the podcast that you've just done. Your number three, like investing your time is just as effective Mm. as investing your money. So I had the time to really lay down the foundations and I still now like, like to know all the bits about my business, even though I outsource a lot of it, like even having a basic understanding so that you can pass it to someone else is really crucial for me. Like I like to know the ins and outs of my business. I know some people would be like, oh no, that's not my forte. I'm just going to hand that over to someone else. But still having some basic understanding of it yourself, I think has set me apart from, you know, because I can I can look into things I have an understanding just if you like as as like a quick glance view you can still have a little bit of an, an understanding so I think that that's really the turning point is the time that I invested laying the foundations making connections like I think it's such a scary world to be in it when you're freelance because you are very much alone <laughs> and connections can make all the difference like whether it's a buddy that you can just go on a walk with every now and then and just catch up or you know like 
it doesn't have to be someone that's going to serve you and give you all the jobs in the world. Like you shouldn't use yes. it as a, an exchange. It's just a, an outlet to have someone that's in the same position because as much as I love my husband, he doesn't understand you know, owning your own business or having a freelance job, he just doesn't doesn't get it. And I think having conversations with people that do also are, are just so, so crucial to keep going on, I think, because obviously mm. there's always going to be moments where you're like, oh, what am I doing? Like, let me just stop. I'll get a job and that's sorted, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. I'll have my weekends back. But no, it is, it is worth pushing through. <laughs> it is. And I think... That is something I will definitely put my hand on my heart and say in the early days I was, you know, you don't have a lot of business experience. So you just think that everybody, every other makeup artist is a competitor. You just think that because you don't in them early stages have an understanding of like their ideal client is not my ideal client. Therefore, they're not a competitor. No, absolutely. So you kind of close yourself off. That is probably why I didn't reach out to you because I was very much in that mindset that every other makeup artist was a competitor at some point to me. Yeah. And it takes that tiny mindset shift when you dive into your own business and you kind of understand your business a little bit more. And just the value of having a community and friendship with other artists is just game changing. Like I text you, you text me, we, we bounce ideas off each other. I love when we go out for coffee, we just talk about Mm -hmm. business in a really open, honest way. And I think that's something I'd love for other artists to take from this is that other artists are not the enemy. No, absolutely. You should broaden your inner circle more than just photographers, wedding planners, hairstylists. It should be other artists, you know? Yeah. And I think what's really beneficial that's obviously opened my eyes even more so now is after this whole pandemic, we we needed to lean on each other. Like I'm ever so grateful that I had a team and if I wasn't able to do it or one of the girls wasn't able to do it in my team, then, you know, we'd move it and we'd keep it in within my booking. Like it would still be our booking. But I think so many f- people fell short on that because they had never made the connections before. And I think that that again saved the day but also it was an outlet to go like oh this is this is what's come up like how did you deal with it and the support that that offered and I do think that the whole community did open up a little bit more after that and we were more willing to help each other out because we realized that there's enough work to go around but also we need the support so that I mean if you have to think about silver linings like we have to take something away from it so A hundred percent. I think as obviously devastating as COVID was to people's lives and businesses and the economy, there was some tiny pockets of good that came out of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've got a, we've got a, I've made so many friends because you just, we were sat at home, we were doing nothing. And I really took the time to really make connections on, on Instagram and reach out to people that I eventually did want to meet and like, and talk to and work with and exchange like you know what's working for you what's not working for you and just be lay it down really be honest so Mm -hmm. that was really nice when we all got to a mindset we're like we're not fighting each other we can be friends and it's not going to make any difference to our businesses it's actually just going to improve a hundred percent and I always think you never ever want to go in business in an industry that isn't thriving yeah other artists are getting bookings. If other artists are fully booked, that means the industry is thriving, which means there is more than enough work for everyone. Absolutely. And everyone's got to have their own like bit of 
I guess it's called the secret sauce. Like they get mm. you get your own bookings because of what you bring to the table, and um, you can obviously take bits and pieces of what's working for others. But you're always going to be your strongest tool in terms of mm-hmm. what's going to set you apart. Totally, totally. So I would love to revisit your team. Yes. Because I would say you're very unique, Storm, just from my perspective, because I feel like you really nurture your team. It's not about that 30% or that 20% that they can give you. You have always, as far as I know, built like help them build their businesses, help them build their portfolios. And obviously being an educator and a mentor, I hear from a lot of my students how they're in these teams And it is literally like take, take, take from the artists that are in the teams, but you seem to give a lot. And I'd love to know, does that come naturally? Was that a bit, was there a business reason for that? Like, what is that little secret? (laughs) I don't know, I guess subconsciously, but I'm very grateful for, because as I said, when I came over here, I didn't even know how to run a house, (laughs) but um, I did, I was on a few teams and I did take those experiences on. I mean, some were great, some were really poorly run, some were giving in some areas, but like really there was lack of respect in others. And so there were, there were bits and pieces that I felt when I came to the level that I was turning away inquiries, I was like, well, what can I do? What have I learned this far that has been successful and what can I what has not been serving people you know so when I when I came to running and making my own team I took that very much on board I really planned it out in a way that I I wanted my my artists to know that I respected them and that there was no like clause that they couldn't get other work other places I wanted them to flourish as well because I came from teams like I I walked away from it teams because I was getting busy myself. And if I can watch somebody else grow like that, that had benefited from being in my team, then I think that that's amazing as well. So I was never going to harbor any resentment for people doing their own thing anyway. I was just grateful that if I wasn't saying to a client that hadn't really inquired and wanted to work with me, I was just really grateful that I wasn't saying, no, sorry, bye. (laughs) I was giving them an alternative and I was... Yeah, as I said, very grateful that I had a team of artists that are like-minded like me that would give that person the experience that I wanted them to have. So I think I always looked at it as uh, how would I want to be treated when I was in a, when I was in my t- the teams that I relied on work from. And as I said, I took bits and pieces, but I think it's also your own management style. Like I'm a very hands-on person I want to know be friends with the girls in my team like we are quite close we spend time together we obviously business and you know we go on dog walks and all that kind of stuff like anything that can be really nice we definitely have like a little family community um, and it can be work or personal related like you can get as involved or not be as involved as you wish but you know just having the understanding that I'm there and I'm you know, happy to help is, has always been really nice. And I think the girls really appreciate it. I think so. I think you have one of the most lovely teams. I mean, I've met one of your team members, Francesca, who I just think is the most (laughs) wonderful person. And it's like, 
they, they genuinely love being on your team. And I think that's so rare. I do. I really do think that's so rare. I don't know if you know that though. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love that. I love hearing it. And I do, I do often get a few like, oh, Storm, thanks so much for doing this. And, and, and that makes my heart really happy because I mean, I just love, I love helping people and I just, yeah, it's just really nice to know that I mean, it's a creative way of love. Like it's my, my way I express love is if I can, you know, in any way help, I'm happy to. Mm -hmm. Cause I think if you're helping other people, you're also learning somewhat about yourself or you're also learning like, oh, actually, I remember that worked for me. Uh, You know, I can just let them know or whatever. Like you deep dive back into, I think you'll come to know, I, I absolutely love looking at like data and stuff like that. Like that has lighted up my life since starting my own business. But I think anything that excuse, like an excuse to look back and see like, oh, you know, like this can be tweaked or I love that kind of stuff. So if, <laughs> if I can help someone in that way, then that's also cool because it gives me joy. <laughs> I love that. So I do have a couple of community questions. I put out a little... Ooh. You saw it question box the other day yeah. for people to ask you questions. So we have a couple of questions about teams on the question box. Awesome. So one of the questions was, how do you manage your team? Do you contract them as self-employed professionals? Are they freelancers? How do you go about that? It's a big learning curve, I imagine, to go from managing just you mm-hmm. to managing 20 girls. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So, well, definitely there are some conditions to being on my team. I don't necessarily like hold them to like an exclusivity clause or anything like that. But I do say like, if you put yourself forward for something, you can't sort of backtrack. And if a job, it's kind of like if you work for yourself, you would never want to damage your own brand by going, actually, I've got a better offer. Let me just dump this client. You just, that's like a no-go for me. So I think for me, it's, they've got to obviously have their own insurance and they are sole trade themselves. So they've got to take care of their own taxes and things. So they are a separate entity and they are freelance employed by me. So if I have a job that I can't do, or it's, you know, not a right fit for me specifically, maybe because of the area or something, then I put it out to my team. And then everyone has an opportunity to say, Hey, I'm available for that. Or if they're not, then they just don't you know, reply to that email or whatever. And then I give that opportunity to the girls. So if there are if there are three girls available or if there's one, then I just tell the client, these are the options. And then I leave it in the client's hands. So I know that's a little bit more different to other teams where there'll be like a hierarchy or there'll be a first come first serve or whatever. I do leave it in the the hands of the client to choose because I think it is such a personal thing. Like you know, you're touching someone's face, you're in their personal bubble, it's the special day. Like you want them to, if there are three artists available, then they can choose who they wish to have. And then, yeah, I think I don't have a hierarchy system. Like I have girls that like are the girls that I started off with and they've been with me for a very long time. But then equally last year, we grew from like 12 to 20. So we've got some girls that haven't been on the team for that long. But that has also meant that I've expanded the reach of the girls. So my you know, initial inquiries were very like based around where I live now and they've expanded quite a bit. So with the expansion of the inquiries, so has the areas in which the girls are dotted around. So I don't know if I've answered that question. I've over answered that question. (laughs) 
I think you have. Yeah. And I think it's quite a complex question. I think it, it goes deeper than just a contract. Yeah, absolutely. I think you probably, when you sit down and decide, okay, I want to start to run a team, there's probably lots of working elements that you have to figure out, like the contract, like yeah. exclusivity, yeah. all of those things. But I, I definitely think you answered it. <laughs> okay, brilliant. <laughs> So the next question was, what has been the biggest learning curve going from solo artist to running a team? Oh, good question. So I think this is where it's also impacted me quite a lot to be more hands-on because obviously when I was getting my own inquiries and I was just booking for myself, I had my system. I know how I would manage and run a trial. Um, You know, I know how I would move from inquiry to like securing the booking. And I think obviously skill set, but also personality and, you know, as much as you invest into a client is important. So I think my hands-on approach with the girls and my team and being able to give them those assets to move from like interested to booked. So I think that was, that was my initial struggle is like, how am I going to move from someone wanting to book me to them going, Unfortunately, I'm not available, but listen, I've got these three great options. And then knowing in my heart and being secure that I've given those girls the tools enough to be not of the same standard as me, because obviously they wouldn't be on my team if I didn't fully believe in their skill set and all of that. But like knowing that I can completely trust and give over that job under my brand and, you know, everything would be okay. So I think that was the biggest learning curve and that is how I would manage my team, but also manage my expectations of the clients because it wouldn't be my client completely one-on-one. It wouldn't be my booking as such, but it would still be our umbrella booking. So that was the biggest biggest learning curve, I think. And being okay with that, I think this is also a big thing. Like when you grow in your business and you have to hand over things, it's scary. It is so scary because it's your baby. Yeah. And I think that that, that was a big thing. But I think I saw the, the benefit of, of getting a little bit uncomfortable initially and for the growth of, of the business. So yeah, that was a, a big learning curve is like the ha- getting a little bit more hands off. I imagine. I I mean, this is probably my biggest pain point personally to this day is me letting go because I'm so type A. I'm so (laughs) Monica Geller. Like that's probably my spirit woman, Monica Geller from Friends. (laughs) (laughs) And it really is hard for me to let go of certain aspects. It's something I personally have to work on. So I imagine, yeah, yeah, totally a learning curve that everybody probably goes through because you've built this business up from scratch, like to give away parts of it. I imagine every entrepreneur goes through that. Yeah. And just as an example, like I was doing all of my own work, my admin for a very long time, even when I w- did have my own team and I was obviously working bookings myself too. So I'd come home and I'd just sit at my laptop and cry and be like, I have to answer all these emails now. And I'm really exhausted. My mom sat me down and she was like, something's got to change. You know, something's got to give here. Can I not help you with your work? And for a good few months, I was like, umming and ahhing about it. Like I didn't, even though it was my mother, like if anyone I could trust, I could give it over to. I really struggled even with my mom. It's just crazy. So, but I mean, obviously that was the biggest bestest thing that I've ever done for my business is being able to 
have someone else focus on what they're good at. And I'm obviously more hands-on with my clients now because I don't have to do the admin. But that was also scary and a big learning curve is to just, you know, outsource (laughs) where you can. Yes. Yeah. But it's always so worth it. I've never regretted it. Even though it's scary, my VA couldn't live without her now. (laughs) I couldn't. I I mean, now I'm like an outsourcing queen. Like I love if I don't have to do it and I know someone else can do it better and faster, happily do it now. But I think initially it is such a scary move. Totally. But we encourage everyone to do it because my biggest thing that I preach is the more you work physically in your business, doing the admin, doing physically doing makeup, doing all the inner workings, you can't work on your business in that state. Yeah, absolutely. And also like the more freedom you have, I found the more creative you can be, like yeah. more ideas come up, more avenues you can visit, you know, you do what you're good at and being able to have the free time to be able to brainstorm. <laughs> so I want to do a little pivot. We've talked about the team. Yes. And now I want to talk about a different kind of team. Do you know what's coming? <laughs> I think so. Ask, ask away. So Storm has, you've got a little community of fellow wedding suppliers that you work really, really closely with. I actually call them like the Fab Four, the cool kids in the wedding industry. It's you, Valentina from The Stars Inside, Rebecca Carpenter and Russell. So yeah, I guess it's the Fab Four, isn't it? I would say they've been, would you say they've been quite a big part of your journey? Absolutely. I think, again, going back to what you've said in your previous podcast is finding finding your tribe, essentially, like finding the people that like you love their energy and they encourage you and you're just inspired by them. And like equally like our relationship. I mean, I'm blown away with what you're doing and it's so inspired and just so grateful to be able to call you my friend. But likewise, so they they are, you know, the wedding industry equivalent (laughs) and we are obviously now buddies, but initially we were all sort of very inspired by each other, couldn't wait to work with each other and an opportunity arose and we all jumped at it. And I guess we didn't know what lay ahead. We didn't know that we were going to be best buds afterwards, but it's really been lovely since, since our first opportunity. So basically I met, so Rebecca was trying to get really into destination weddings. So she and Valentina, the Valentina's wedding planner, they had already worked together quite a lot. And I think Val reached out to me because Rebecca wanted to do a shoot in Santorini. And basically, they wanted someone to come along that had the same ethos that also wanted to get into that sort of space in the wedding industry, destinations. They had also organized Russell to go. So I guess we all just met up in Santorini, did our thing, found the day incredibly fun. Other than doing our job and loving life in a really nice warm country or like a little island. Afterwards we were like, cool, well then like when do we guys when do we see each other again? We're like, what's our next thing? What's our next project? And yeah, so now now we're all really good friends. We've worked together, we've gotten bookings together. So from that one experience it's like propelled in a different way and been very beneficial. But I think at the end of the day, like we're just really good friends and we really encourage each other. We've got like a little WhatsApp group that like we always check in with each other. We've always, you know, it's really, really great to just have, as I said, a community of people. It's totally 
amazing to see because it's really organic. So Rebecca, for anybody who doesn't know, Rebecca Carpenter is like a huge wedding photographer here in the UK. Like if I ever want to book Rebecca for my own wedding, I don't think I have a chance if I'm honest. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. I mean, I might have to pull the friend card, but anyway. And um, was she, she advertised in a Facebook group? Yes. Is that right? So I am, again, going back to like being where you need to be in the beginning um, on the groups, finding connections. So it was Valentina had posted a really, because at the time she was, I think, the director of the group, I think. It was styled shoots on international shoots or whatever. So I was in a Facebook group and she put a really lovely mood board up and I was very drawn to it. And I thought to myself, oh, do you know what? I'll just like, I have no chance in hell. I'll put myself forward for it and, you know, I'll just like forget about it. And then like the next day I got an email saying like, oh my gosh, we're so excited that you're available. Like, please, please, like these are the details. Like, would you come? And I was like, don't even joke. <laughs> I was blown away <laughs> that um, they were even considering me because I I hadn't ever thought about doing wedding destinations. Um, I was still trying to figure out life here, to be honest. Yeah, I was just like, yeah, I'll come. Like, even if it's a holiday for me, I'll just pay for it. I'll, you know, have some fun if I get some good photos because I didn't know Rebecca then either. I didn't know Val. And, yeah, I just... I like obviously I checked in I thought like I like their style you know it would be beneficial all of those things that one must do but I was also like if it turns out to just be an opportunity to go to Santorini then heck why not so yeah it was a Facebook group like it's the, the most bizarre thing and I took and I've never since then or before then put myself forward for anything how funny is that wow that is incredible. You must have felt so aligned to that mood board. Yeah, absolutely. And um, if anybody has ever checked out Valentina's work, like her work is um, no one, no one can put together something like she does. It's absolutely just amazing. So yeah, that's how our lovely budding friendship happened. From and then I remember I said to I, I emailed Val and I um. It's like, yeah, no, cool. Happy to do it. Thank you so very much for thinking of me. Like, what's the next steps? And then I remember being out on a walk with my dog and getting a voice note from Rebecca. So if anybody knows Rebecca, she loves a voice note. <laughs> um, and it was the first time I'd obviously spoken to her. And she just like was like giggling and screaming on the phone, going, oh, my gosh, don't you come into Santorini? Can't wait to meet you and all that. And how serendipitous, we actually figured out that we, the week before we went to Santorini, we had our first wedding together. So it was due to meet her anyway. Meant to be, I would say. Like, I can't think of a group that is supposed to have met more than you guys. (laughs) I love that. You all, I've not even been there, but I can imagine that you're all just on the same line of thinking. You, it, it just, I don't know, everything you post, I just know that it's that, it's this little team, this little group that have produced that epic work. So you're all so aligned and so in tune. No, oh, it is quite amazing because I guess we normally like as makeup artists or hairstylists, we, we have to wait for a brief from a client or, and anything that I've ever done since that with those, with that group of people, like they always leave me to get on with what I want to do. And they always love what I do. Like there's no need to, we don't feel like we need to check out in on people. Like we're all doing 
what we do best and it always is beneficial for in the whole you know and it just all is cohesive and works and I think that that's really special too so just have this unwavering faith in what each other's putting forward and doing and relying on their expertise and it's just amazing it is this like unspoken true respect and love for each other it's amazing would you say that that Santorini shoot that you did kind of plunged you into the world of destination weddings absolutely and also it really made me I was getting my own bookings I was booked and I was really happy with life but it really made me understand the aspects of portfolio and the importance of that so that shifted my mindset completely and it it took me to the next level let's say of my business because it it really made me focus on if I'm showing this this is what I will get it was a very very direct correlation that like literally smacked me in the face so it was it was like I will do more of this if this is what I want to do. And I think that that's that it took me a couple of years to learn that. And this obviously this experience showed me firsthand what it's all about and how, how powerful that is. So yes, definitely like because I'd never done oh, I didn't have the photos to back up me doing a wedding abroad. It was never a thing before that. Would you say to anybody, because this is one of the most asked questions that I think people have when they think of you is how do I get into destination? And would you say that it is quite key to do some sort of workshop or do some sort of shoot abroad to show that you are a destination makeup artist? Absolutely. I think having the imagery, you don't even have to say, like, it's just such a key tool. You know, it's just, I definitely think it is worth the time and the investment because I mean I I wasn't guaranteed anything when I went to that Santorini shoot. I wasn't guaranteed that I would make up that money at all. But it has paid back tenfold. Like that shoot is what, 2019, couple years old. And that just keeps on giving. Like it is still being blogged everywhere. It is all over Pinterest. It is just everybody books us because of that video film that Russell did. I mean it's and the photos are just obviously spectacular. So I think that if you give yourself the opportunity to showcase something that is going to be magical like that, and you can do it in a destination, a place that you want to work more, it's going to, it's going to, it might take time, but it is going to pay back. It's going to pay back tenfold. And it paid off for you this summer. Or was it this autumn? I mean, when I spoke to Valentina the other day, she said that this particular wedding that you guys worked on, a real paid wedding, not a workshop, not a shoot. No. And where was it? It was in um, Namibia. It looked stunning. I encourage everybody to go and look at these photos, by the way. But that was, oh, yeah. I think, for everybody, your favorite shoot to date, right? Well, wedding to date. I mean, I don't think anything will compare specifically the couple like we're still like such good mates with them they booked us because they wanted to like spend time with us they were like you guys are so cool we want to like screw our mums and fathers like let's party with these girls and guys it was really really sweet like we went to Namibia for a week they paid for absolutely everything and we were still like we wanted to take them out for dinner and say thank you and stuff but they weren't having it and we just connected so nicely but also they the trust was there like they let us do what we are good at and obviously the outcome was 
phenomenal. Yeah, they spoiled us rotten. I mean, they we were just there to do a job and we ended up having a crazy, amazing holiday and were witnesses to their amazing love and their elopement wedding. So it was just, I don't think anything can compare to that. And to say that that was a paid job is just quite crazy and incredible. Anybody listening who wants to get into Destination, I would say take that chance on the thing that is, if you see a mood board, if you see an opportunity come up, that's exciting. You giving you that excited belly or something, would you say, take that opportunity? Absolutely. I mean, if anything, like if you're not feeling a little bit uncomfortable about any growth then you're not growing at all, it's always risky, but risk has reward if you're willing, willing to take the risk. But yeah, so definitely look for opportunities where you can and if something aligns up and again if there's that excitement take it do it love it absolutely love it I now want to talk about the pivots or rather not the pivot just the natural progression that has come from you having a team then realizing the importance of portfolio when you did that destination wedding in Santorini well that destination shoot in Santorini and it is pivoted or rather progressed into you now stepping into the self-education, self-development space. And I love it. Honestly, I, I think, so Storm runs portfolio days for makeup artists and you mentor now and you coach. Tell us about that. Yeah. So I guess I was always doing it. I was kind of always really keen on working on my portfolio myself and always inviting my team then too, because I obviously being able to see the back end of my my business, I could see the girls that were putting in the effort with their portfolios or consistently giving me better and updated photos to put on their profile. They were winning over jobs because as I said, if there's three girls available, I'd give the option to the client. And the client would obviously be more prone to be booking the girl that had a portfolio that was really standing out compared to a girl that wasn't working as hard on it. So really just in my own business saw the benefit and inviting the girls and my team to do these days that I had blocked off for myself. If I'd gotten a model and I was already doing it, I would be like, Hey, is anybody available? Just come, you know, have fun with me. And then it grew into such a thing that they really loved doing it. So I kept on doing it. And obviously it benefited me indirectly because they would get more bookings anyway. So, and it was fun. I mean, at the end of the day, it's fun. And it also allows you to, you know, not have a brief to do what you want to do, be more aligned to like the styles that you want to be doing. So it's it's beneficial in so many ways. So I think initially I was practice, practicing with my team. And then I I was always playing with the idea for very a very long time. And I never had the confidence to move into like offering it as a service or offering it to anybody else. Even though I knew like other people, when I would post about it on Instagram and say like, oh, the team's coming, we're going to do this. They'd be like, oh my gosh, I wish I was in your team. I would love to do that. Or like, how do you do that? Or, you know, all these questions would arise and I knew there was obviously demand for it. So then going back to the shoot that we did in Santorini, I, it was just even more evident that like, if you want to get certain things, then you work on those things, particularly when you're working on your portfolio. So all of these things kind of aligned to me and it was just like blatantly obvious that there was something there. And I then 
literally the end of last year just got the courage and just put it out there and it's been so well received i'm just amazed so yeah that's like the evolution of it in a sense what gave you the courage i don't know i think like at the end of the day again being with the amazing dream team and seeing them how they've also branched out and done like they're not only doing their first service that I met them doing like Rebecca does workshops she's a mentor as well and Val's got an amazing podcast I mean Russell's like internationally known as a videographer because he's just incredible so and they've all got like these other sources of income and I was like not that I felt like I was getting left out but I was like I could also I, I've got the knowledge, I've got the experience, I've got, you know, the know-how. I can do this and I, I can see them doing it and they're doing so well and they were obviously always encouraging me too and I think my team was encouraging me. So I think at the end of the day I was like there's nothing stopping me from doing it. It's just me, like it's my own head space that is my, my mindset that was holding me back and I was just like just put it out there, Storm, just do it. And um, I'm so glad. It was probably like one day of like feeling really confident in myself and I was like, yeah, just do the damn thing and uh, yeah it's been beneficial that I had that one spark day (laughs) yeah yeah I mean that one spark day has led to something that would you say it's completely changed your career your life absolutely it's been amazing and the people I've met as well like it's just been so lovely like I think it was a real mind shift as well because obviously I'd always been marketing with a little very little effort now to brides and then I think that was what was holding me back is like oh now I've got to speak to other artists I've got to try and like get them to understand what I'm saying what I'm teaching like what the ethos of this is and it's a different marketing skill I guess and I was like, I don't know if I can flex that muscle. I don't know if I have that in me. But it's been so wonderful. And I guess just having the, just even being able to help one or two people and then seeing like the, what's come out of the days that they've just spent one day has brought in so much more. Um, just like that one day in Santorini, I gave up. Like it's been so amazing so I think also then just having the few people that first trusted me with the first one that we ever did and then having the feedback from that it's like a continuous encouragement to carry on for some context for anybody who doesn't know Storm or her portfolio days when we do real weddings the images that we get back are sometimes so far away they're just completely unusable they're not like a marketable very rarely a marketable image to use in your portfolio I in fact I barely use any (laughs) no I don't either I mean if they send me I don't fight anymore to try and get those photos I used to fight with all my heart to try and get some sort of content back or whatever and I think there's something very freeing about being in in control of getting your own content and um, assets for your business in that sense like not having to rely on a photographer or, or mm. a bride to, to send them back because they sometimes only send back like you doing the, the makeup and that's like okay but you know what about the whole day kind of thing yeah so you don't always get what you need out of it yes and you do these days where they get all makeup portraits and beautiful images that show the actual makeup which is incredibly valuable yeah so I tried to make it very like inspiring too because I guess you know, you can hold a day and you're just getting a face shot. But I think at the end of the day with the portfolio, 
workshops that I put together is you're getting like a full-on gallery that is going to inspire. It's, it's like the whole mood is there, like the props, the dresses, the accessories, everything's thought of and you don't have to do a thing other than come with your ideas, excited about the model that you're doing and you have opportunity to work on more than one base. Like it's a very beneficial one-off day that is going to like serve you for months and if not years. If I have to think about like some of the images that I did that I invested my time in um, that weren't from bookings, they've gotten me so many other bookings because it was just so purposefully thought of and clear photos that have just snowballed from there in terms of getting more booking opportunities. So I just, I, I feel like your photos are like your biggest asset being in like a, a makeup artist or a hairstylist or in the, in the creative field anyway. Like nowadays a photo can just sell you so much more than words could like, or like a little blurb or whatever. Nowadays people are just looking at a photo very quickly. So it's just, you're going to make an impact, a higher impact very quickly rather than trying to convince someone with your words. <laughs> and I always say to any of my students, there are a lot of things in business that are out of our control. Algorithms, economies, there are things that we can't control in business that we just have to ride that wave. But portfolio is one of the only things we have 100% control over. If your portfolio is crap, you can change that really easily. Yeah. It's such a strategy. It's like a, it's, I, I call it my portfolio strategy because everything that I showcase, I mean, I've got so much more that I could show, but if it doesn't serve me, what's the point? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Going back to you starting this next business, because I feel like a lot of makeup artists have always had, you know, big dreams. Every single makeup artist I talk to, they have like the dream of wanting to be fully booked, but there's always, I mean, we're humans. There's so many things we want to do and want to achieve. And it's scary. I think there's a lot of fear that comes with that. When it came to buy Kaylee, I put off by Kaylee for years because I was just so scared of what people would think, what literally girls that I used to work with would think, what people who I went to school with when I was seven years old, what they would think. There's so much fear that comes with starting something new. So did you have any of that fear or blocks and how did you kind of overcome them? Was it literally just that day where you had loads of courage? I think I was... So basically I've always lived my business life like this. I've always been like eager to take the next step. I'm quite happy to, you know, move forward. I'm always willing to invest. And so I think I've, I've come to a mindset where if I'm feeling too comfortable, then there's something that I could, maybe I could level up in another way now, because, you know, it's like the evolution of of business. So I think I was feeling very comfortable and I was like on autopilot, which is not necessarily, I mean, it's great, but it's not necessarily great long-term because you, you can always, there's always room for development and improvement. So I was like, what's the next thing? Like I'm always probably time that I start focusing on something else or doing, putting effort into the business somewhere else that I can then improve because this autopilotness isn't great. <laughs> so I think that's kind of where it came from as well. I was like, it was the time that I could do add to my bow. Obviously had this, I thought, amazing idea. Uh, And I invested in a really good mentor and she was doing what I was keen on doing. So I think also learning from people that have done what you 
and seeing that it works. I think that's also something because I was like, well, this is, I haven't seen anyone else do it. Like, would it work kind of thing? So her name's Harriet and she is amazing. She's actually um, British, but she lives in LA, right? Is it, yeah, it's, yeah, LA. she's amazing. So she is my mentor and with everything, I like, I love it a bit. And she really gave me the courage to just go for it too. I think I was very much there, but I think she gave me the tools to put it out into the world. I was ready. I think it's also, it's again, scary, but I think having other people in your eyes, like I said, I was kind of on autopilot. So I needed somebody else to come in and like shake things up. The, the power, I mean, it took me years. It took me over 10 years to understand how valuable a mentor could be. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I had one call with a mentor. Her name is Vix Meldrew. She's not, she's not in the makeup industry or anything like that, but I had one single call with her and it changed the way I run my business completely. It's paid me back in hundreds of hours that she, with the advice and the mentoring, the coaching that she gave me. It's so valuable. And it's actually quite addictive. Like it's quite not, it's, 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 it's so it's so um, empowering to and exciting when you can learn from others, and 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 they've made it available for you to do that. I think that's what's the most exciting is like when you see someone doing something that is so amazing, and then you you can have their support. Like that is so cool. Worked on my mindset the most with her. I think that's been something that I was never able to do alone by myself, and now I yes. have the tools to do that. I can definitely self work my my mindset myself now but I never had those tools before and that's that's gonna be with me forever I totally agree here's to mentoring yeah I mean gosh changed my life I, it took me a long time in my career to to get to a point where I'd even feel comfortable to invest in something and I've done a few and they've been little investments or big investments and some of them haven't been right and but you still take away something so I guess it is about like the right time and who you obviously drawn to and inspired by and all of that it's like one of those things that you get to be in the room like the same room as those people it's like it's really cool so I always do a section at the very end of the podcast called smashing the game it's like a little little game a little quick fire round and as you know I absolutely loathe gatekeeping so this section is questions that are going to smash the gate smash the ceiling question number one one piece just one piece of advice to makeup artists looking to increase their income what would you say to them work on your portfolio (laughs) (laughs) yeah I totally agree and that's so your niche as well (laughs) sorry guys that had to come up But I 100% agree. People will not book you unless they see that you are doing that. It's your biggest asset. Like you could work with a very silly, not so great um, kit, but if your photos are there, you're going to get the job. Oh my God. Can I just do a little side like sidestep. My kit is not, not crap. I have a good, I have a really good kit, but I'd never add to my kit. It takes, it takes a hell of a launch and a hell of a sell to make me buy something for my kit. But I've worked with Superdrug. I've worked with celebrities off of probably the one same palette. It's why I preach. You don't need a great kit. You need that money for other things. A hundred percent. I totally agree with that. I couldn't agree more. Okay, next question. What is one piece of advice that you wish you knew in the beginning? 
Time is money. I know we're all taught to say yes to everything, but I think that's complete rubbish nowadays. Um, I think that you have to be very particular about what you say yes to now. I think that there is a time and a place, but I think that only if it aligns, say yes. Absolutely. Yeah. No is the most empowering word. What is one myth about the makeup beauty industry that you would like to bust? Good question. I'd say that it's the busting is that it's not a hobby. Like I have a career, like it is Mm -hmm. a lucrative career. I think that just a makeup artist nonsense is, is no more. It can't be used. I think even my husband looks at me and he goes, I cannot believe that you are earning what you earn. And he's seeing like, you see the hard work and stuff, but it is, it is a lucrative career and it should be taken seriously. One business tool that has changed your life. Um, I love a tool. There's so much out there that can be really, really beneficial. But I think that the whole like Google suite and running my business has been so beneficial and like kind of being on the cloud and accessing it where you can. Yeah. I think do not sit on the excuse that you're not good with technology because years go on, we are only becoming more reliant on technology. So like cut that chain, learn technology. Don't let it hold you back from more income, more bookings, more work satisfaction, more time, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's the time thing. Like these these things are being produced to assist you with your business and give you back time. Like use it, like use it to your advantage. What is one action step that the community, the listeners can take today to book more clients? You're very good at this showing up. (laughs) Um, I used to be very good at it, but um, yeah, no. So you're really good at social media. I show up with my portfolio in other ways. Like I really use that as an asset. So I'm like Pinterest. I'm I'm just like kind of everywhere. I I use my portfolio, Um, but yeah, showing up consistently. um, Yeah. So I'm terrible on my feed at the moment, but I'm definitely still there on my stories. (laughs) For me, finding how I liked to use it, not looking at X, Y, and Z person and being like, okay, I'm going to be exactly like them and just finding what works for me. That's super cliche, but you know, some days I don't show up, but then I'll show a picture of my dog and that's still showing up. (laughs) It is because it's, it's again, we're going back to the why people book you. They're booking you for who you are and what you love and your dog is part of that. I love showing Harley. Like I always get comments when I'm showing like on a dog walk and Harley is carrying a stick. It's the most amazing feedback. All my clients are like, oh, she's so cute. Or oh, I can't wait to meet her. She comes to the studio now. So like, it's a, it's a big thing. It's part of who you are. They don't like dogs. I don't want to book them. <laughs> yeah, so I've had bookings because I have a dog. Like literally exactly. someone has said in my inquiry form, like, oh, I see you have a cockapoo. I have a cockapoo too. And it's like, oh, that's a done deal. She's like, we're going to get on. You know? Yes. Yes. Honestly. So a really fun fact that's a little bit off topic, but Bryony, who is my VA, she actually is a producer. That's how we met for a production company. And she reached out to me just after COVID when everything had opened up again for a kind of a big campaign that she was working on. When I got there, I got on with that team so well. I got on with Bryony so well. They're like my version of you, Valentina, everyone. I ended up asking her kind of at the end of this giant four day campaign, I was like, what made you book me? You know, there's so many makeup artists out there. What made you book me? This is a great question, by the way, if you're trying to get data, so valuable. And she said, the second I saw you had a sausage dog on your about page, (laughs) that was it. 
didn't really even look at your work. And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> it's such and, a connecting thing, isn't it? Like, yeah, it, it also yeah. shows a lot about your personality. So if you're, for anyone listening, like it doesn't matter if you don't have a dog, if you have a bird for anything, like yeah, you know, it would be yeah. the same principle. Yeah, you know, Bryony connected with that and that got me, I would say thousands of pounds worth of bookings working with that production company now. And that's just my silly little sausage dog. She just knew that I would mesh from the little blurb and, you know, the layout and stuff like that, that I would mesh really well within that team. So yeah. don't be scared to put, if you like anime, if you like, you know, whatever you like, put yeah. it on there because people want to book you for you and your quirks yeah. and your personality and who you are. Last question. I would love to know, this was actually asked by somebody in the community as well. What is next for Storm? What are you working on? What is like a big plan that you wouldn't mind sharing with us? Like what's next for you in the next few years? I don't know. Well, we, we have a project that we want to do, isn't that? We'll talk about that later. But what's What's next for Storm? Well, I'm definitely taking on less myself. So I'm being a little bit more choosy this year. And if not, even more so next year. But I do want to work more on the education side and also like honing down on the portfolio teachings, basically. And I want to uh, investigate something online, like an online course, self-paced course. But again, very focused on how I've used my portfolio. So I obviously teach about the portfolio days and the asset itself, but then it would be about like, what do you do with the photo? Do it. I, it will be so valuable. It will be so valuable. I'm telling you right now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. I love that. <laughs> so where can everybody, and I would really recommend everybody go and follow you because you are a fellow educator in the space. So there are always nuggets of wisdom <laughs> on your account. Where can they find you to get them nuggets? The nuggets would be Storm. So very importantly, my name is spelt with an E at the end. <laughs> so it's Storm underscore H-M-U-A underscore education. So um, I am a fellow hair and makeup artist. But again, like if you just do makeup or hair or if you are in the beauty industry, all what I speak about over there is is valuable. So give, give me a follow or ask me questions over there. Happy to help. Amazing. Thank you so much for your time today. I know we went 27 minutes over, but I loved hearing all your wisdom today. And I learned a lot as your friend. I learned a lot. Aww. So thank you so much for coming on and let's do a part two sometime yeah let's do it oh thank you so much i've honestly had the most amazing morning chatting to you and some really good questions thank you yes thank you storm bye, bye. you have been listening to a podcast by kaylee thank you so much for tuning in today and being on this mission with me to self-improvement and taking steps towards financial empowerment if you liked what you heard today, be sure to follow me on the gram at Designs, where I post pretty much daily. I would also love to hear your thoughts, feedback and energy. So please do leave me a review on iTunes, Spotify or wherever you are listening today. In the meantime, I want you to go forward, believe in yourselves and be the change you want to see. Bye guys. Yay, we did it. No, we did it. <laughs> Oh my gosh, so many good questions. I had to have a really good think about some of those.